Hey there, this is David Fitzgerald, the author of Jesus Mything in Action, and you're listening to The Canadian Atheist. 100,000 years people have been, our species have been around on, on this spec. Born, usually dying, actually a great number of them in childbirth wouldn't have got beyond being born. For the first 80 or so, 90 or so thousand years, nearly 100, not living more than 25 to 30 years at the most, then probably dying of their teeth if they were lucky, or of the other needless mammalian things that show us that we bear the stamp, as Darwin put it, of our lowly origin, the appendix we don't need anymore, innumerable other shortcomings of our design. We're designed to live on the savannah that we've escaped from. Um, terrible d disease, suffering, misery, malnutrition, and fear. Where do the earthquakes come from? Why is there an eclipse? What are the shooting stars doing? and awful cults of sacrifice to try and ward off what are in fact natural events, and war, and rape, and the kidnap of other peoples, and the enslavement of them. All of this goes on, gradually, gradually inching up to the point where you can brew beer, a breakthrough in my view, um, <laughs> domesticate animals, separate one kind of corn from another, so very millimetrical progress, but r terrible struggle, sacrifice, pain, misery, and above all, fear and ignorance. And you have to believe this if you believe in monotheism. For the first 97, 98,000 of this, heaven watches with indifference. Oh, there they go again. <laughs> They've all, this, that whole civilization's just died out. Well, what are you gonna do? They're raping each other again. They've, they've, they're poisoning the... They think that the other tribe has poisoned the well, so they're going to kill all their children. All of this, just watch all that. 3,000 years ago at the most, it's decided, no, we've got to intervene now. Welcome to The CA, a podcast about news, current events, and commentary on all things atheism from a Canadian perspective. This podcast carries the explicit tag and wears it like a motherfucking badge of honor. So if you get offended, switch off. The CA records each Sunday live from Apostasy Studios. For more, please visit our Facebook page for the latest news, updates, and previews on some upcoming shows. You can email us at theca at rogers.com, and if we're amused or tweaked by your email, we'll use it on the show. And now, here are Michael and Dean. All right, hello and welcome to the CA. Today is Sunday, November 26th. I'm Michael. I am Dean. Oh, episode 35, brother. I know. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah? Beats are a little tired. Been up and running around with the kids all day, so. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I do it. It used to be easier when Meredith was home on the weekends, but now that she works on the weekends, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not so bad, I guess. Um, the little ones, he, he wants me to run around with him all the time. Like we have that, like through the playroom and oh, sure, through yeah, the hall yeah. and everything like that in those circuits. So I have to run that. I have to do like about, I don't know, 50 laps a day. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's, well, so it's a little bit of, uh, of, uh, exercise there, I guess. Well, you get your Fitbit thing going there. You... Yeah. Well, I, I, I hit my, uh. You, you'll close the rings. I hit my steps every day. Yeah, for Although sure. Although I got this one when I had a Fitbit. The um, target steps per day was ten thousand. Yeah, that's, that's kind of standard. Yeah, yeah. This thing, the the uh, the Samsung Gear, uh, came with a um, step goal of six thousand. Oh really? Yeah, and I've never changed it. So right now I'm at seven thousand three hundred eighty-one steps. Oh okay. Um, so I reached my goal earlier today. 
um, of 6,000. I reach my goal every day, um, which is good in that it's it's good that it's not 10,000 because since our office moved closer to Union Station, I don't get anywhere near 10,000 steps uh, in a okay. day. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I get about 10. Steps. <laughs> <laughs> no, any more than that. But, uh, but yeah, I don't. I probably don't do as much as I should. Um, well, the, oh. day, the days I work from home, I certainly don't get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you get your kid to run around. So they all chase you. <laughs> um, before we get going into too much, I wanted to say hello because um, I ran some, some numbers oh, yeah? this week. And we have people uh, that are listening now from Kuwait. Kuwait. Awesome. And Vietnam. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, awesome. Hope, uh, hope you people are enjoying it. And uh, we got an email. Oh, we did. Yeah, I got an email. Uh, I don't want to say the person's name uh, because I don't know if they know if they want their information out there. So you know who you are. Send me another email or a message or something like that and let me know whether it's okay to say your name. And I will. But until then, I won't. So hi. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, well, this person that sent me an email saying, hey, I just listened to your first episode. Love the Canadian content. In my head, I'm like, first episode? It sounded oh like God. shit. Um <laughs> Well, it sounds better now. Um, so hopefully... Download the other 34 and yeah, exactly. enjoy listening. <laughs> exactly. And um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy some of the some of the guests and stuff like that. And should also mention, uh, we were just talking before we started, uh, about the conversation that mm-hmm. uh, we had on Facebook uh, yesterday. And I don't mm-hmm. want to say the, that person's name either, because I don't know how... Was it, it yesterday that it started? Was it? Day before yesterday. Uh, I just read it this morning. Because you because you had mentioned my name in your right. post, so I got I got a notification that you mentioned me, and so I read it all. I think today. it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Uh, anyway, uh, that has sparked a guest. Uh, which Is be he good. coming on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. And uh, so that'll uh, that'll be good, and uh, we'll get to have some some chatty chat with a uh, with a Christian, which will be good. Blake still hasn't responded. I sent another message, Blake. I know you listen every week. <laughs> um, uh, so let's set that up and let's get you back on here to continue our conversation. And um, Mr. Pangburn? I uh, still haven't heard back from Travis. Yeah. Still haven't heard back from Travis. Mr. Travis Pangburn, please respond to your social media. That'd be wonderful. Thank you. Um, uh, what else? Oh, I guess we should talk about fucking Egypt uh, briefly. I'm assuming you heard about that. Um, no. Oh, right. I've been in my own little boat. <laughs> you've been you've been dadding with two small kids. Uh, so there was a there was a there was a terrorist attack at a mosque uh, oh, in Egypt, really? and now the death toll is over 300. <sighs> um, so there were two there were two bombs that were planted, and then apparently, as people tried to escape uh, the mosque, uh, they just started gunning them down with automatic weapons. Is anybody so, taking responsibility? Uh, not that I heard so far. But uh, but now the death toll is is over three hundred. Wow! And uh, this was on, if memory serves, on Friday, uh, which sadly makes sense because Friday is the big day yeah. uh, for uh, people who follow the Islamic tradition to go to their mosque. So horrible tragedy. Uh, another reason why we do what we do. Because we have groups of religious people with rival interpretations of a text, and they're slaughtering each other. So how about we don't do that anymore, people? Yeah. Uh, let's no other that. book is that debated. I mean, yeah, 
We have three monotheistic faiths that cover a large majority of the people in North America, at least, um, and at least probably even more elsewhere in the world. And it's uh, all the same book. Yep. Just different interpretations of the same thing. I mean, it starts out with the same Abraham, and then it just diverges. I mean, Yep. And it's much. all the same thing. It's all the same dumb shit. They're killing, um, you. They're killing each other over it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you, you and me have different interpretations of Harry Potter, but we're not yeah, going to go Potter's to war over shit. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's the greatest book ever. Bang, bang, fucking your chairs. Good thing we don't have a spike club here yeah, because right. you've already threatened me with violence once. Um, <laughs> what else was I going to say? Oh, just a quick thing before we get into the actual news stories that we have. Um, I saw on, uh, on Facebook... The Archbishop of Canterbury um, is, quote, I'm baffled by Christians who back Trump. So are we. Um, I'm baffled by anybody who backs that moron. Yeah. So it says uh, uh, England's top religious authority, the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, who said, what the hell is his name? I don't know. Um, (laughs) His title, his title is the Most Reverend Justin Welby. The most reverend? The most reverend. Okay. I may not be able to say names, <laughs> but I can I can read reasonably well. Uh, yeah, the most reverend. So everybody else, you may be reverend, but this dude is, is the, the most, most reverend. reverend. Now with 100% more reverend. <laughs> um, yeah, so he said that he's he's baffled by, by Christians who back uh, Trump. Uh, I, I like your statement, baffled by anybody. Baffled by by Christians, baffled by uh, women, baffled by anybody of uh, any background other than white. Yeah, <laughs> it says here. He says he's he says he really genuinely cannot comprehend why fundamentalists um, have provided such a strong base for Trump. Um, well, most reverend, um, it's called pandering. Um, and, uh, when it's not pandering, it's basically handies in the Oval Office. Well, I mean, the only people who should be backing Trump are rich white people. Cause those sure. are the only people that he's going to help. Yep. Yep. Because if you're not sitting next to him at Mar-a-Lago, he doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. That's right. Oh, d- oh did you hear, um, uh, speaking of, it's just to on pol- the vein of politics for just a second. Did you see Patrick Brown's uh, press conference that he held today? He he did he um, he held a rally or something at a um, at a daycare facility mm-hmm. in Mississauga, saying that uh, when he's elected, gulp, um, <laughs> when he's elected, he part of their platform is a seventy five percent rebate on childcare costs. So, bro, that's coming for you. Yeah. Um, five years too late. What is he? What does he mean? Well, so basically, whatever you so, and this is well, so basically, under their plan, yeah, um, families who quote unquote need it would be given, uh, basically, at um, they'd be able to claim it on their taxes or be given like a rebate in mm-hmm. the form of tax credits, I assume, of up to seventy five percent of what their child care costs are. Five years too late for you. Yeah. Twenty-one years too late for me. Um, but hey, it's okay. Right now, I'm getting 
the childcare uh, um, subsidy or whatever. Yeah, the the childcare credit that you get. Is it twelve hundred bucks or something like that? No, no, no. It's it's it changes depending on how much you earn. Oh, okay. They, they, they it was just a set amount. Every kid below the age of six yeah, got yeah, yeah. X amount, and then below the age of eighteen got X amount. Okay. Um, that has now changed. Um, so it's a it's a it fluctuates with how much you earn. Oh, um, okay. And or what your household income is, and ours doubled. Your income? Congratulations! No. <laughs> <laughs> Our childcare tax credit, I think they call it. it. Every month you get an X amount, and okay. ours ours doubled. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't think I didn't think it would. I thought it would like after I did the calculations and I heard about it. I did the calculations. I thought it would go up a little bit. Right. But I didn't think it would double. Cool. But it did. Dinner's on you, brother. <laughs> um, no, but um, that helps us just you know keep our nostrils above the 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 the, the poverty line. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I thought that that was interesting. But, I mean, my son's turning six very soon, so that will right now decrease. When when I don't know about you. Because you haven't been here long legally, um, but <laughs> but for a yeah, only forty, <laughs> what forty one years, right? Um, but <laughs> so it, I remember my mom talking about it, and it was called baby bonus. Yeah, yeah, um, that's basically what it is. Yeah, when we were kids, right? Yeah, and when I was a kid, it was like it was eighty four dollars a month, mm-hmm. and when we turned sixteen. Um, my mom gave, uh, me and my sisters the option of, she would keep it and she would provide, you know, stuff or we could have it, but then we would become responsible for certain things. Mm -hmm. Like if I give you this money, I am no longer going to buy this or this or this. Yes. Right. And I, I was smart enough to know I was too dumb to handle that responsibility. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, fuck, keep it, keep it, keep it. Um, there were a couple of my there were a couple of my sisters who, yeah. who wanted it. And then and she was like, that fuck, I told you. Like, of course, she didn't say that. <laughs> nice Catholic mother. But um, she didn't say that, but she's like, I told you I wasn't going to buy this stuff anymore. Yeah. So WTF. Where is your, where is your, your $85? Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, but that's, that's interesting. Well, the, uh, the provincial election is set for next June. Mm-hmm. So that's scary. Well, the child, the, the the tax credit that we get, we just put it into the uh, RESP. Oh, that's cool. Right, so, that's cool. Yeah. So when when your kids are old enough to go to post secondary, you'll be able to buy them a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be a little bit, maybe a pen, pen, a pencil and an eraser, a pencil, a, pen? a, a, a mechanical pencil with extra lead. Fuck, man, those are high hopes. Those are high hopes, brother. We could hope that the interest rate doesn't, you know. Yeah. Well, the thing is that, um, and Meredith also was saying that we're going to take it out of wherever we're putting it, and then um, because she has the oh, her uh, connections, her yeah. her well, her connections, her uh, her education now has yeah. allowed her. She can put it into a different kind of account, um, and then we don't have to worry about because what this plan is is if they go to. A, sec- a post-secondary education, like a uh, university or thing, you get a lot of it back. If they go to um, some kind of trades uh, school or whatever, um, you get less back. If they don't go anywhere, you get just what you put in back. You yeah. don't get all the extra. Yeah, you lose the interest and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So you just get your principal back, which is really shitty. Yeah, it is. But 
then by the same token, it's like it's what? for higher education. Yeah, I understand it's that. for that education. I understand why they're doing it, but you kind of like you're you're with that in mind. You're kind of pushing your kid into somewhere they where they might not want to go. Yeah, I think that they should. I think the kids should be able to have all of the benefits, whatever those interest things be, whether or not they go to a university, a college. Or fucking barber well, school. Well, I mean, look at the, the, I, I, the some of the some of the richest people in the world. Like you know, dropped out of college or didn't go at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at me. No, uh, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> like Bill Gates dropped out. And, yep. Um, what do you call it? Um, uh, Elon Musk. I don't think he's got any higher education. I don't know. Isn't he an engineer? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know. there was somebody else that was like didn't do very well in school or whatever. Trump. <laughs> I almost got you again taking a drink. <laughs> Yes. Well, he made his own <laughs> university, and let's not go into that. Yeah. So uh, let's let's dive into news. We got a bunch of shit to uh, to get to, and let's see what kind of trouble we can get into. It's well, okay. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but this tweaked me uh, a little bit. So um, we have to go back to earlier in November. Mm-hmm. The uh, the horrible tragedy in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Yes. Right? So, the headline here, this is from Christian Week Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to... Oh, fuck. Man, I don't know why I bother. This is from November 24th, 2017 by Stovan... I'm just going to call him Stovan. Okay. Um, Zaymov. Stovan, Z- Stovan Z. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Stovan Z. From Christian Week Magazine. Um, Texas pastor in church shooting, um, talks about trusting Christ and reveals that nearly 30 people have reached out to him and reconnected with their faith since this tragedy. Um, so I don't want to spend too much, too much time on this, but, um, so the pastor's name is, uh, last name is Palmer, where the fuck's his name? Horrible. I should know this. Frank Pomeroy told NBC news, uh, during an emotional interview he said that he, he knows that uh, these people that have you know come back to Christ, uh, that it was the result of a horrible tragedy. Nonetheless, it's yeah. brought them closer to God. This is the same pastor whose daughter, his 14-year-old daughter, was killed. Wow. Oh, um, in, in this? In tra- the church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, she, she lost her life. Her, her name was uh, Annabelle, along with uh, 25 other parishioners. Uh, and Christian Week magazine... List the fucking shooter's name. I won't mention it, um, but because uh, I don't want him getting any kind of uh, fame from this. Remember that thing? So, um, oh, it's going back a few years now. But um, CNN mm-hmm. was talking about some type of mass shooting. Well, because they have one every day, right? Uh, that went on in the U.S. a number of years ago, and they mentioned the shooter's name. And this was on Anderson Cooper's show. Yeah, yeah. Somebody sent in or called in or sent an email or something like that saying, don't, don't mention these people's names. They don't need any notoriety. Yeah. And ever since then, CNN has stopped. They've just said, the shooter, the yeah. shooter. I like that. I'm of two minds about it because, I mean, uh, I understand what you're saying about not saying the name, and especially on something like CNN. Like, yeah. Then you are giving them a right. Say it here, and you're not doing the same thing. Thanks, man. But... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Literally, literally, literally tens of people will hear our voice. 
Ugh. like dozens. Exactly. Um, but um, I'm just saying that that it's. If you say it here, then you've got some. You've got some. You've you've got someone to blame for it. Yeah, someone with a name that you can that you can focus your hatred towards, or your your your, you know. Yeah, I guess that's true. So uh, Pomeroy shared his hopes. Uh, he said, "I hope no other pastor has to go through uh, the process of twenty six funerals in one week like I've had to. That that would be horrendous, especially given." Uh, given everything. He talked a little bit more about his, his daughter. And um, one of the things that he said was was really hard. So we just had uh, U.S. Thanksgiving as well, right? Mm-hmm. He says, as for Thanksgiving, the preacher admitted, it's a challenging time. Uh, this is going to be difficult, yes. But you know what? I am celebrating this great country that God has blessed us with on Thanksgiving uh, and celebrating the birth of the Savior at Christmas, he reflected. So let's just leave aside mm-hmm. colonialization, <laughs> um, which is more the reason why uh, America, you know, is what it is. Well, there's so much that and slavery. There's, yeah. Well, there's so much things about refugees now. I mean, like John Oliver, I think it was last year who said the only time that refugees came and actually took over the land that they came to, we're going to celebrate this Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, he also said that he, uh, he also said that he knows that his daughter is, is in heaven looking down on him. And that's, uh, that's a, it's, it's, it's a nice thought. And it, if it gives you comfort, fine. But yeah, the problem, the problem that I have with something like that is that this, as a pastor, he is a community leader, right? Right or wrong, whether we like it or not. If he's a pastor in small town, U.S. Uh, small town USA. He's a community leader, um, and he's a community leader, filling people's heads with nonsense. Um, and I have a problem with that. But I, I, I see from your perspective, maybe you know, don't be such a cold-hearted prick and just let people have some, uh, let people take solace in something. No, but you're right, though. I mean, he's. I understand the making yourself feel better by thinking you're going to get to see them again. Right. Um, but telling all everybody else the same thing, I mean, as a community leader, like you said, it's, it's, it's a little difficult to, a little hard to swallow. I mean, I lost my sister, um, many years ago now, it was like 20 years ago. Um, but like my mother was like, you know, saying like, I'll get to see her again and stuff like that. And I was saying, you know, like. Don't think that death is going to let you see, the, see her again. Mm. Close your eyes and remember her. You get to see her whenever you want. Mm. That's a good way of looking at it. Right? You don't have to wait for death. And uh, that story that, that Matt Dill, Dillon has told of that, that 12-year-old girl whose father passed away. That's right. And yeah. took her own life so she could see her father See again. daddy. Yeah. I mean, her head has been filled with this nonsense, this nonsense thinking you're going to get to see your loved ones again. And she took her own life because of it. Why cannot we, why, what is, what is wrong with going around saying, close your eyes and remember the good times. You can see them whenever you want. You don't have to die to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even if we could just save 
one person's life. I'm sure that's an outlier. People aren't going around killing themselves so they could see their loved ones again. Yeah. But even one person saved by not taking on this nonsense is enough. If we can save just one. <laughs> and we're not going to make you buy as a cliche, bucket either. As cliche it is. It's yeah. true. Hey, I got a science story for you. Science? Yeah. Okay. You love science. I do. So you, Everybody so, loves science, whether they, say so, whether they say so or not. Like I said in my post today, yeah. people who are usually the theists, the strong theists, reject science and all its teachings while simultaneously reaping the benefits of everything that science has to, has to offer, like using their cell phone to make posts on Facebook yeah. and tell everybody the earth is flat. <laughs> so you already know about this, right? Obviously. <laughs> so um, Not necessarily. Now this one here... Now, this one's hard because I have to say the name of a university. I'm assuming this is somewhere in the... Is in, it a name problem that you have? It's a, it's a word problem. Um, <laughs> maybe I think I'm just not that smart. Um, so, I'm okay, a so, dyslexic one. Yeah, I know, but this is just... Yeah. Uh, fuck, I don't know. All right. <laughs> so, all right, let's get to the, the title of the, uh, of the article. Big news on homo... Naledi. Homo na- I, yeah. I don't know about More this. fossils and at a surprising young age. This is by Nathan Lentz, PhD. In September, now, so this is articles coming out now because they've been doing a lot more talking mm-hmm. about this. Uh, in September 2015, scientists at, um, at the University of Witwatersrand, ah, I got it right. There you go. Led by Dr. Lee Berger, made a bombshell announcement. Not only had a new species of hominin been discovered, but the find contained more than 1,500 fossils from at least 15 individuals. Awesome. The remains were found all in one place in a deep, dark cave in South Africa. And they, they talked about a couple of things. One of the things they talk about later, which I won't spend too much time on, but, um, well, okay, I'll get to it as, as we get through this. <laughs> Um, this was by far the largest number of fossils ever found in one place in the history of paleoanthropology. So they were like, like there was a gathering of, of like a burial of, site. Uh, That's what they think it was. They think it was a common burial site. Could have been, yeah. Over the last few months, the paleoanthropology community blah 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 <laughs> has been abuzz with rumors. Um, that more Homo naledi fossils have been found and that the age of the fossils had been determined. Now, but can we try, we can't, can we trust radiometric dating? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually we can. Okay, good. Because I was concerned. I wasn't sure we could trust it, but since you said it, okay. On May 9th, a large team of scientists led by Dr. Berger confirmed the rumor that two, two big announcements regarding uh, this epigenetic species. First, um, that... First, they had found this one cave, and then below that, they found a second cave that was harboring more of this particular of this particular hominid's skeletal remains. Yeah, I have read about this. Okay, good. Don't fuck it up for me now. Um, it was a while ago that I read about that. And it was originally thought that this would be really old based on where it was in Africa, but it turns out that these fossils are a mere 300,000 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they say it's a it's a surprising young young age, now. But old enough not to 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 not think that we would have a common burial site. 
Yes. And, but, but then they, so they've been speculating on a couple of things, but here's what's interesting. So it says, um, when the, when, when this new hominid was first announced, many assumed that it would be between two and three million years old. So a unique and surprising combination of one, the primitive nature and the advanced species, uh, and the, oh, sorry, and the advanced places this species used based on the, based on the homo family tree, um, suggests a couple of things. Um, and the first thing that, that was, so the, so they talk about a couple of things when they were trying to age it, they looked at a couple of things and they, and they, um, and I'm not super duper sciencey. You should read the fucking science uh, articles. <laughs> Motherfucker. So it says, so it did have a, t- a fairly tiny brain and curved fingers. Okay. But, uh, some of the other primitive characteristics, um, were that the heel wasn't as advanced, meant that it was more for, they thought it was more for striding. And the proximal femur, also that the shoulders were, um, were clearly derived or appear to be derived from an earlier species. Yeah, so the shoulders were more curved for yeah. walking on their hands. Yeah. And their fingers were curved for grabbing branches right. and whatnot. Um. So the, so the doctor goes on to say, now we have essentially a complete skeleton that harbors an interesting but confusing mosaic of a primitive, uh, um, with a primitive and derived characteristics. Based on the am- uh, anatomical features, most agree that Nadali is an early species of the Homo genus. So the tender young age of 300,000 years is quite a surprise. Uh, while there are several possibilities, this is an interesting part, um, what seems to be most likely is that this, hom- this homonym was a long persisting species. So it wasn't like some of them that just were on for a short time and then died yeah, off yeah. a long, long time ago. They think that this species may have lasted a lot, a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And that's why we found fossils that are so quote unquote young. Yeah. Right. So there could be, the, the, it says that there could be some of these, uh, some of these fossils that are millions of years old. The ones they happen to find were only 300,000 years old though. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was pretty, uh, I thought that this was pretty um, interesting. But mm-hmm. they're putting it in the homo class. Though. Yes. Yep. Yep. So it says, so, and then just to kind of um, wrap up the article, it says here, whether or not homo naladi was a long persisting or evolved more recently uh, from some ancestor waiting to be discovered, this adds yet another lineage of hominin, uh, hominins roaming through uh, the southern southern half of Africa during the late Pliocene epoch. Mm-hmm. So, but the, you know what the bad news is? <laughs> now we have two more gaps. Oh, oh yep. Well, I mean, this is this is just another uh, another example of our origins in Africa. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, th- these aren't the only uh, homos that originated there, and you trace our own line back, modern humans back, it, it ends sure. up in Africa. It's like, yep. They call it the motherland for a reason. That's right. Not just because you're there. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> um, okay, so I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah. And we... I I remember reading about that. It was uh, it was at least a couple of years ago. Um, it was 2015. Yeah, and they actually had drawn a, a, a drawing of the cave where they had found the bodies, and they said that there was... There was like, the, you said there was one and then there was a lower one. A lower one, yeah. Um, and there was like a thin slit um, 
that basically was just slightly larger than a human body, and they must have been like basically roll, rolling rolling them over it? this. Oh, interesting. And, and like you know, so they drop down to this thing, and then basically saying goodbye, and then they drop down, and they don't know where they where they ended up, but that's where all the bones were found. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So after reading this, I sent a message to Aaron Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you friends with him on Facebook? I don't think so. You should reach out to him. So he's been doing this project called the Phylogeny Challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and like basically mapping out all the different species and stuff like that. So I sent him a, I sent him a link to this saying, Hey, are you aware of this? And you know, can you tell me anything cool about it? That'll be easier for a, a dumb shit like me to understand. <laughs> and he hasn't gone back to me yet, but I know he's crazy busy. He's, um, you know, he's running for Texas state Senate. Oh really? Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. So he's crazy busy doing all that stuff. Um, but I thought that that was cool. I'd be curious to see what he has to say and maybe we can get him on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be cool. I, I met him uh, a year before, year before last at a CFI event oh, okay. in Toronto. Yeah. And he is a scary looking in person. <laughs> he is a, he is a large, ominous looking yeah, man. Yeah, he's very large in that, that straight black hair and the, yeah. the eyebrows and shit. I mean, scary. I mean, he was, you know, laughing and joking and I didn't, of course, fear him at all. But if you see, if you saw him on the street or riding, you know, his big motorcycle, because he loves motorcycles and stuff like that, yeah. he'd be like, I'm fucking with this dude. <laughs> I fuck with a lot of dudes, but I ain't fucking with this dude. Yeah. But he's so, on our side, so we're good. Yes, exactly. So, our next story comes from Right Wing Watch. From uh, Miranda Blue, November 21st, 2017. Um, Ex-gay activists warn kids now, think think of what you're getting into before you become gay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? Okay, so I'm going to sit down and make my choice. Hmm, am I going to live my life as a straight man or a gay man? Let me think about this. Yep. Are you kidding me? I love... Um, what about ex-gay activists? So they're still gay, they're just not activists? Or they're used to oh be no, gay? He's, no, this man is, this man is ex-gay. He's reformed. <laughs> How do you he's, mean he's, he's Listen, he's learned the... Listen, listen we're not, it's, not our point to, it's not our place to judge him. He's learned the air of his ways. I love and, pussy now. And Jesus, yeah, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus showed him pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. But I remember... Um, I mean, see, that right there, it's it, another reason why we do this. Yeah. I mean, let people be what they are. Um, are you familiar with Mike McDonald, Canadian comedian? I've heard, I, I know the name. If you... uh, he's done some great skits. Uh, one of the best skits ever was called My House, My Rules. Yeah. Really, really funny. He's, he's a great guy. Uh, anyway, he, uh, he was in one of his, con- and this is a skit from like the early 90s, right? So when things were a little less politically correct, mm-hmm. and he's like, um, he was talking about, uh, you know, like uh, about gay relationships, and it was really funny because people say you know ex gay and stuff like that. He was like, and I remember saying in the, in this comedy skit, he's like, he's like, I'd love to be gay. It's like, you kidding me? He's like, I got to argue over my wife about wanting to buy stuff. It's like, it's like if if we're in a, you know, a relationship with another gay guy, it's like, it's like, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna remodel the bathroom or buy or buy a big ass TV screen? A big ass TV screen, beautiful. They high five. Exactly. You know, it's like it's like, what are we gonna do tonight? We're gonna have some sex and watch hockey. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so. It was, you know, like it was just, it was you kind know, of making light of the, of the whole thing, but this whole kind of thing, you know, like, so before you, but this guy says, you know, think about what you're getting into before you choose to begin. <laughs> I always thought that gay men must have amazing sex lives because when you come right down to it, you're still dealing with a guy. Yeah. Like with women, you have to like, you have to, uh, uh, play the game, right. To get them into that mood. 
Right. But if if you're if you're a guy dealing with another guy, yeah, it's like you want to go. Basically, just getting a guy, right? Yeah, it's and it's like, like you want to go. Yeah, I want to go. Yeah, done. <laughs> fuck, give her, man. <laughs> right. So there's no there's none of that um, foreplay. <laughs> exactly. Foreplay's like brace yourself. <laughs> That's not from me. That's from uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm just saying, like you know, yeah. there's 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 certain things you have to do. Like women aren't they? They're not they're not light switches, right? The way no. that we are. Yeah. Right? Well, so, yeah, and my switch is always on. Exactly. I'm like, just saying, you re- when it comes right down to it, you're dealing with another guy. Yes. Right. Yeah. So now, I I mean, I guess in all of my experience, what you're saying rings true. Yeah. Maybe there are some because it's probably fair to say that there are gay men uh, who are more, who are more on the feminine side. Yeah. And I mean, who may I'm, enjoy that kind of stuff. I'm just saying the, 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 the gay, the, the gay men that I know seem to be having a lot of fun. Cool. <laughs> cool. Well, they, I hope they thought of all of, ages too. I hope they thought about it. Okay. Oh, before they made the choice. Exactly. Before they made the choice. <laughs> so, uh, this past weekend, Robert Oscar Lopez, who runs the Texas chapter of the anti-LGBTQ group Mass Resistance? Oh my God! Helped to organize Teens for Truth, and it should be noted that it's teens and then the number four Truth. Because and what truth? What what truth uh, are they wait, talking he, about? Listen, he's got the truth. Okay, he's gonna he's gonna share it with us. <laughs> okay, um, don't turn red yet. All right. So Teens for Truth uh, conference in Dallas aimed at confronting teens and their parents about the truth about LGBTQ identities. As Media Matters, which is another agency that that, uh, report on this, uh, noted, the conference began as, uh, the conference began with, which is very strange, and I watch this online, you can can find it on Right Wing Watch, they have a video of this, this interpretive rainbow flag dance. Okay, and the dance was performed uh, by a guy named Derek Paul, who joined uh, Lopez for a Facebook live stream during a break at the conference to discuss his ministry in Florida, and uh, which he works in. Uh, he works in with a gay man. Paul explained to Lopez how he how he tells the gay men he ministers to that if they continue in the lifestyle, that they will one go to hell. <laughs> but this is the best part. This is the best. And this was what kind of drew me to this article. Um, li- listen, you'll never be able to outrun God. <laughs> you'll never be able to be too far away from him. There's nowhere you can run. There's nowhere you can hide. He'll always find you. He'll always be there with you. And he will not let you enjoy your sin. <laughs> is what he says. So I learned, so just in this paragraph, I learned a couple of interesting things. Oh, and, but I have a couple of questions. Well, that guy saying right there is that that's Hitchens like, you know, uh, uh, eternal North Korea. Exactly. (laughs) The the totalitarian thing. Um, so you can't be able to run him. I want to know how fast he can run the hundred. Does God have an Olympic gold medal? No, but everybody who does has thanked him. Everyone? No, probably not everybody. Okay. Um, you can't get too far away from him. So even if you're pissed off at him, you can't, you're like, leave me alone. He's always there. Yeah, you can't just walk away. Exactly. There's nowhere you can hide. So hide and seek champion of all time. <laughs> right? He'll find your fucking ass. He will find you. 
Ready or not, here I come. You're there. Yeah. <laughs> and, but this, this was the best part. He will not let you enjoy your sin. Yeah. What about free will? Uh, Shouldn't I be able to enjoy my sin? Yeah. You know what? When I orgasm, that's me enjoying it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And whether you do that with someone who is the same sex or a different sex or a gender thing or whatever else like that, who gives a fuck? Because you're not hurting yeah. anybody. Yeah. But this, uh, I, I have a problem with this because I'm supposed to have free will. Listen, yeah. Adam didn't fuck this. Adam and Eve didn't fuck this up for no reason. I'm supposed to have free will, damn it. The whole reason why people sin is because it's fun. Yeah. You enjoy it. That's why you do it. That's right. If it wasn't fun, you wouldn't do it. It's like butt stuff. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, yeah. like all the sin, all the things that are supposed to supposedly sins. Yeah. You do it because it's fun. Is chocolate a sin? Because <laughs> chocolate's fucking delicious. Chocolate is delicious, yeah. but I don't think it's a sin. But I mean, like, what, like, like, what are what are sins? Um, um, I like the seven deadly sins, right? Like, like one of them is 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 gluttony um, or something like that. Pride. I lust. eat lots of food because it's fun. It's it tastes good. Yeah. Gluttony, greed, pride, lust, wrath, envy, yeah. and sloth. Yeah, those are the seven. pride. Pride is one of them. Yeah, I'm proud of what I do, and yeah. why? Because it feels good when I'm proud of something I do. That's right. It feels good when I'm proud of my son because he did something cool. There you go. Yeah, fuck this guy. So um, Lopez then turned the conversation to the younger generations. Uh, I want to know when Lopez sat down and decided when he was going to be straight. I don't know. We've talked about that before. Then there, right? Yeah. Um. So it's it's sin, and it's and it's the adversary. Okay, because when you have feelings for the same sex, you don't really have them. Yeah, you do. No, nope. <laughs> look, he's it's right here in writing <laughs> that you don't really have it. So what is it then? It's the devil. It's the it's adversary. The, the adversary. That's devil, the devil. Right? Yeah, that's it's the devil. The devil, like saying, "Look at this hot guy over here." Exactly. Yeah. No, no, don't look that. Don't don't. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's, he's ex-gay. He's ex-gay. Yep. Oh my God. I, I, <laughs> why, why, why? I don't know. Why can't people just love who they want to love? I'm wondering if I should save this last news story because it's, it's one, it's science again. Mm-hmm. And two, it's kind of a feel good story. I leave it to you. Do we save the feel good for the end? Yes. It's like a handy. Please do. It's like a handy for the end. Um, okay. So, all right. This, uh, this uh, next story comes from Hemnet Meta at the yep. uh, Friendly Atheist blogs over at Patheos. Patheos? Patheos? Patheos. Tomato, tomato. Um, Mr. James Dobson. There you go. That's like four in a row of names that you just. No, no, no. Read this is, right this is the. F- no, well, Hemnet Meta was the guy who wrote the yeah, article. Yeah. But James Dobson, okay? Roy Moore. Uh-huh. I've heard of Is a this man Roy of proven character. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, he is. We all know what his character is. Proven man and integrity. No. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. And uh, I, but so I want to play this. Oh, okay. I want to. I want to play this uh, for you. Make sure the volume's up. Yeah, I got the. I got the volume jacked. Um. And uh, yeah, I want to. I want to play this for uh, for everybody. I believe God gave America a message 
about the way he and his wife Kayla have been personally attacked by the Washington establishment. Judge Moore has stood for our religious liberty and for the sanctity of marriage when it seemed like the entire world was against him. I hope you'll vote for Judge Roy Moore for United States Senate. I'm Roy Moore, and I approve this message. Paid for by Judge Roy Moore for U.S. Senate. Do you believe that shit? Yeah, it was uh, a little difficult to hear, but I mean... Well, oh, hopefully, okay, so, but now, we're, we've time warped, right? It's now the future. Yeah. And I've turned the volume up. <laughs> so everybody heard it perfectly clearly. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So, uh, what a piece of shit. So, yeah, so, he said he's a, a man of proven character. Yeah, he's proven his character. He's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, pedophile. Yeah, pedophile, fucking touchy, girly, kitty diddler. Yeah. Fuck you. Calling a girl out of trig class, like everybody said, sent her, a, sent her a message while she was in school. It's not 2017. He didn't text her while she was in class. He called the school and they pull, went to her classroom and pulled her out of the class Yeah. so she could go to the office and pick up this phone call. Yeah. What a piece of shit. So Hemnet uh, writes, would a decent Christian really support a Senate candidate who's, acu- who, who's an accused pedophile over over one who prosecuted the KKK in court, even when both men are Christians. So you know the other the other candidate, the Democratic candidate. He he tried to he he worked in open court to prosecute KKK members. Yeah, because that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> now he writes. Uh, Sadly, we all know the answer to this by now. The more conservative you are, the more. Um, the more they advertise their evangelical credentials, the more likely they are to, th- uh, to throw family values out the window. And that means electing another Republican. Because this is the thing, right? So there's been all this talk, especially over this past week, yeah. where even, even establishment Republicans um, are saying, well, uh, like, uh, I forget the guy's name, but one of the guys who, who was in the presidential race and then pulled out um, mm. um, about halfway through it. Last year, he said, he said, you know, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. We get Roy Moore, and then we're shackled with all the baggage that comes along with electing Roy Moore, or we lose the Senate seat. Yeah. And this is what people are contemplating. The answer is always no. Don't vote for the pedophile. Yeah. Always. That's fucking simple. How fucking hard is that? Don't vote for the diddler. Yeah. Well, there was, they were talking to some guy who, who uh, backed Roy Moore, and they say, you know, like, how can you back this guy? And he goes, he goes, well, I don't really know about that or what he's done, but he, he's uh, my party, so I vote for my party. So you have no idea who you're voting for, just as long mm-hmm. as it's in your party. Do you realize what that means? You could be, if Satan himself was a Republican, you'd vote for him. Right. Well, if I think if you ask Republicans, they'd say Satan was a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> but... I guess that's to be determined. So anyway, so... Satan's definitely not a Democrat. <laughs> well, no, actually, he probably was. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, 
so this this message went out on public airways and stuff like that in Alabama, and Moore's victims uh, disagree with the with this assessment that uh, Dobson has put out there. Um, but then it says here, but Dobson, but these are all women, right? So Hemnet writes here, so Dobson really doesn't give a damn what they have to say. Oh yeah, no, of course not. Why would they? It's a bunch of women, and they they keep bringing up like, oh, it's forty years ago. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What does that matter? It has no bearing on the issue at all. Nope. Nope. The only bearing that it has is that he's not going to be prosecuted for it. Yep. So, oh, and they do don't understand the whole psychologically of the, uh, uh, like how this psychologically damages somebody and why they don't say anything. Yeah, and those for so many yeah years. those those victims right, they're. I mean, so wonderful that they came up when they then they did, and I think it's largely because of the Me Too. Well, that's the sin. It's, it's, it's all they felt coming in, out They now. felt emboldened and empowered yeah, enough to, to do this. It's all coming out now. So the, so the women that have been, uh, 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 let's say, victims who have been who have been a part of this are now are now coming forward. Yeah, and it's happening all like over the can. place. And the hard part is, is that if they get shut down, what message does that send? Exactly. Shut the fuck up. Go back to the fucking kitchen. It's, right? Why? Yeah. Why are? Why are you not barefoot and pregnant? Right, um, and a lot of people don't realize it's you know, the the struggle for the struggle for equality just within the sexes, right? Yeah. And I'm not I'm not discounting other uh, gender identities, please. I'm just talking just for a second about men and women. Um, in the in the in the sixties and seventies, uh, like the early seventies, uh, it was almost impossible for a woman to obtain credit in her own name. Oh yeah. She could get it basically, like she could get in a like a, a subsidiary card, credit card of her husband's, mm-hmm. or if her husband signed off on something. Yeah. Um, the 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 struggle has been, and so now that there's there's been at least this little bit of a you know maybe only millimetric uh, increases, right? Because we're still not at equality. No. The no. glass ceiling is still real. All of those things, but but even with the progress that we've made, if this gets shut down now, it's another giant fuck off, women. Yeah. Know your fucking place and shut up. Yeah. Well, there That's was a, what it's saying. There was a thing in that I saw on Facebook today where the, it showed a woman who got 51 years, sentenced to 51 years. I saw Because this. she finally got the balls to kill the person who she was sold to mm-hmm. um, as a sex slave at 14 years old. Yeah. So, and then they showed the other guy who raped that girl behind a dumpster yep. and got six, six months. Six months. Yep. Yep. Right there. That's like... Shut up. Yep. Get back in the kitchen. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's move on to something lighter now. Not really. Um, but I, I have a question for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and this is from Christian Week Magazine, from uh, Andrew Holm, November 23rd, 2017. Do you celebrate Advent with your, with your family? You mean you get an Advent calendar? Yeah. And it's the days leading up to Christmas, right? Yeah. That's what Advent is? Yeah. And I just, just the, like the chocolates, right? Yeah, yeah, That's whatever. The only reason I do is for chocolates the chocolate. or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be chocolates; it could be whatever. Right. We usually get one. I Meredith wanted to get uh, one with socks. Oh, cool! All and right, because it, it had with it with Disney socks, right? Mm, okay. Oh, Remember? oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There okay. was, it was only at Target, and she was gonna go drive down to Target one day. And That's go right. Get them. I remember that. Luckily, she didn't. Yeah. So, uh, so the article reads: Advent is one of the most important seasons of the Christian calendar. 
It saddens me when so many non-liturgical churches dismiss Advent as something they don't do because of its liturgical nature. Even though I grew up in a non-liturgical church, we participated in Advent each year. And for the past five years, we've had the privilege of leading our local church in doing the same. Does your church and your family celebrate Advent? So this bit of bile goes on to talk about a bunch of different stuff about why it's so important. And uh, basically what they're saying is, is that it comes down to uh, Advent is important for three things. Okay. Community. I don't have a problem with community. Yeah. Purpose. Pur- okay. Okay. And ministry. Because you're supposed to go out and minister as a part of it. Okay. As part of the Advent. Yeah. Okay. In, in, in the, in the <clears throat> liturgical churches, right? What Remember? What the hell is liturgic? Um, it's like the order of, it's like bed mass for churches. Okay. <laughs> so you're supposed to do, no, honestly, it's what it is. It's the order of operations of things that are supposed to happen during a church service. Okay. And there, and there are some churches that are very liturgical, right? Like a Catholic church would be highly liturgical because they have a set order in which they do things. Okay. So it's like a, it's like a life cycle, like of the, yeah. of the services. But like a Unitarian Universalist church, like the UU churches, they just kind of whatever floats your boat, mm-hmm. nothing, no big, you know, it's, it's, it's not so set, yeah. set in stone. Okay. So now Advent did not start with the New Testament. No. But Advent starts with the anticipation found in the Old Testament. When we read about the prophesied Messiah, we are given a glimpse into the beginning of Advent. Because this is the whole thing, right? It's the lead up, right? It's all the lead up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's too bad that the Advent calendar, it's too bad the chocolate doesn't get better <laughs> for each day. Because by the 24th, the chocolate should be basically like an orgasm in your mouth. Yeah, but how bad would it be on the first day? <laughs> well... I think be like that Allen Easter chocolate from last year. (laughs) Right. Okay. But think of it this way, right? Chocolate. Um, there was a, there was a line, I think it was from, uh, remember the movie threesome from a million years ago, Lara Flynn Boyle, Stephen Baldwin before he became a ridiculous Christian and somebody else in it. No, I don't. And one of the guys says, um, sex is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah. And I think chocolate's the same way, right? Even when chocolate's yeah. bad. I think you like chocolate a little more, more than I do. Yeah, I have a problem. <laughs> I don't have a body for radio for no reason. Um, okay, Advent continues into the gospel of the New Testament and, and should launch into your ministry today. Now, it's funny here. It says, just as Jesus came to bring hope, love, joy, and peace... We must also engage in the world the same way. Our ministry, which is a part of Advent, is an extension of His life. During Advent, we get to re-experience God's becoming flesh and more forward and move forward knowing that He's actively participating with us in His ministry. So I didn't know Advent was that big fucking deal. I, I thought it was just the lead up to Christmas. Yeah. Um, I'd also it was like a to thing either. Yeah, I'd also like to point out that, um, of course, I can't flip to it because my pain, my fingers are stupid. Uh, Mr. Andrew Holm has never read the Bible. <laughs> uh, 
Um, because, like I, like I like to point out, when we see things like this, um, I'll say what he said again. Just as Jesus came to bring hope, love, joy, and peace. That's not what it says in Matthew 10.34. That's not what Jesus himself said yep. in the Bible. Do not think that I have come to bring peace. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword, and so on and so forth. Look up Matthew 10.34. Do not take my word for it. Um, Read your Bible. I was watching a uh, debate online the other day, an older debate with uh, Dan Barker mm-hmm. against some nutbag Christian. And Dan Barker, who was who was the co-president, along with um, Gail, fuck, Joyner, I think her name is, mm-hmm. uh, are the co-founders of the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Right. And he was a minister for well more than 20 years. Yeah. Um, he, uh, Richard Dawkins was starting to write a book based on that whole thing, you know, uh, God, the most unpleasant character in all fiction. Well, he stopped what he was doing, and Richard Dawkins talked about this in one of the interviews that he did, and he ended up getting Dan Barker to write it. Because he's like, look, here's a guy who fucking knows the Bible. Yeah. Backwards, forwards, and upside down. And so, so, the, so the book is based around Dawkins' statement of God is the most unpleasant character in all fiction. Yeah. And he takes each one of the things, you know, homicidal, genocidal, filicidal, all these things, and for each one of those things that Dawkins said in that famous quote, yeah. Barker goes in and pulls out a hundred Bible verses that completely back up what it was that he was saying. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's homicidal because of blah, 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 blah. And yeah. here's all these verses that back it up. Yeah. Oh, he's philosophical. Blah, 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 blah. Racist. Yeah. Blah, 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 all these things. Yeah. So. Misogynistic. Yeah. 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 Genocidal. All, all these other different things. But. Yeah, and it's funny, so that, that reminded me of that, because these are these are people so often who don't read the fucking book. Well, no, and, they read the book, they just cherry-pick after the fact. And one of the things that Dan Barker, so the reason I got into that, one of the things that Dan Barker said in his closing statement, he said, he said, everybody, please, he said, and he was talking to a room full of Christians. Yeah. He said, I implore you, please read your Bible. He said, don't read it with people's help. Don't read it supervised, and don't have people read it to you. Sit down, crack it at Genesis 1-1, and read the book. He yeah. said it's the best way to become an atheist. <laughs> I happen to agree. Yeah. I happen to agree. Um, well, it's just like your t-shirt says, right? I, I'm an atheist because I have because read it. Because I have it. read it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know, and I've said this before, but I don't know how you started at Genesis 1. And then you, I think it's Revelation 22, I think is the end. Um, and close up and say, oh, fuck, that totes makes sense. Right? That's fucking every word of that. I, I don't know how I live my life. Because everything this book says is just fucking on point. Yeah. No, 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 no. <sighs> All right, let's get on to our next news story. Do you, do you uh, remember Cam, Candace Cameron? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she's married now. Okay. And so her name is now Candace Cameron Burr. The comedian Bill Burr she's married to? I know this is B U R E. Could be Burr? No, probably Burr. Burr? Okay. Bueller. Bueller? Bueller? No. <laughs> um, so she, right, was one of the stars of Full House. Yes. She's now on Fuller House. Yes. Okay. And she's responding to critics who say prayer isn't enough. 
she she's defending as prayer being enough. Oh, well, let's let's let, <laughs> let's let her let's let her say it. Um, she's responding to critics to say prayer isn't enough in the wake of tragedy. This is from uh, this is by Billy Hollowell, November twenty second from Christian Week magazine. Mm-hmm. Actus can this Cameron Burr um, believes deeply in the power of prayer. The Fuller House star stopped by Faithwire Newsroom in New York City on Monday to discuss faith, life, her new book, and plenty more. Spending a fair amount of time addressing the importance of prayer in her own life, Burr, who addressed the, uh, who released the book uh, Staying Stylish, Cultivating a Confident Look, Style, and Attitude, um, this week specifically responded to those who say prayer isn't enough uh, or who mock invocations in the wake of tragedy. It bothers me, and I feel sad for the people who write it, because the first thing I think is, well, they've never experienced the power of prayer. They just don't know, Burr said. Prayer for me is always where you start. Um, That's the start of your solution. Then, yes, you take action. She just said that... Hang on! (laughs) Hang on. Wait. Berg went on to offer a detailed assessment surrounding why she believes prayer is the starting place. If you don't start with prayer, there's no power behind it. Because God's the power, she said. God can do anything. Change anything. Change hearts. (laughs) I, I I, I try to like... Was, I'm no, trying to be quiet and let you read. <laughs> I, but I try to put the emotion stuff in there just because it, but it's so fucking ridiculous. Uh, change hearts. Uh, <laughs> it's the heart of all of us that needs to be changed. And that's where God needs to get in. <laughs> so, all right. I mean, God needs to get in where it's tight. <laughs> See, God likes bites, but butt stuff too, right? All right. No. So here's here's the problem. Start with prayer, then you take action. No, no, no. But but when you see what she set up, I pray for something, and then I do something, and then it worked. Fucking look what prayer did. Yeah. Fucking prayer worked, because I prayed. She's forgetting, because she dumb, <laughs> that she did something afterwards. Yeah, but but. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's You know what praying does? Delays the action. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you spend an... If so, if, if there's a horrible tragedy, and let's say you spend an entire day praying about it. Yeah. Or, you know, praying on it. Yeah. And then the next day you go to do something. How many people died waiting for you to get off your ass and do something because yeah. you were praying about it? That, that, that's and it references your thoughts what, and prayers. Yeah. yeah, exactly what you were just saying. There. But it's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking... Because God's the power. God can do anything. Then why does he need you to pray? I don't know. He can do anything. And it's funny because what I want to do is I want to sit down... Like, I want to sit a Calvinist down. And I want... Like, I want to sit people of various denominations down. And say, you're a Calvinist. So everything's predetermined. Yeah. Right? And then talk to people and say, you know, he says it's predetermined. You like to pray. Go at each other. And when you guys work out, 
the what the way it's supposed to be, then let me know. Well, they always say like God has a plan, and it's all parts of God, part of God's plan. And if something doesn't go out the way they want it, then it's part of God's plan. He works sure. in mysterious ways and stuff like that. He's got a plan. And then you're gonna pray and, and fuck, fuck it up, up. His, fuck up his plan. <laughs> no, exactly. otherwise he either he has a plan or he doesn't. And your prayer means nothing. Right. So what this article reminded me of, are you familiar with um, the uh, the Templeton Foundation? Yes. Okay. So the Templeton Foundation, a, a nutbag organization in the U.S. Mm-hmm. that uh, gives out a prize every year. And it's usually for someone who's who says something nice about religion. So a few years ago... Oh, Wait, actually, I can get a prize? Yeah. I love... Say, Jesus. I love Jesus. It's, a, it's like a million dollars, too. <laughs> I yeah. really love Jesus. <laughs> I'm all about the Jesus. Now, so the Templeton Foundation, Foundation um, there, was a, there was a research project that was done a bunch of years ago, and it was to test the efficacy of intercessory prayer. So what they did was, is they took, and the, um, Richard Dawkins writes about this in The God Delusion, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember this. So he, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, patients, all from different hospitals all over the U.S., and they're all going in for heart surgery, right? And so they, they come up with a generic prayer, right? We, you know, a, a, a successful surgery, speedy recovery, no complications. Yeah. And they had, you know, it's a true double-blind study. Yeah. Right? And the funny part of it is, is that the people who knew they received prayers, so on general, if you received prayers, you, you had more complications, <laughs> and if you knew you received prayers, you had the most complications. Yeah, it was like it was like performance anxiety. Well, I, the people who knew they were going to pray for actually fared the worst. Yeah, which is hysterical. And the people who didn't know they were being prayed for, um, and against the people who weren't actively were not prayed for. Yeah, did the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's almost like prayer did nothing. Really? That's yeah. Surprising, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like it did nothing. <laughs> But yeah, but it's, it's totally performance anxiety. It's like, oh, all these people are praying for me. I have to get better. And then, uh, oh yeah, yeah. oh like, no, that's right. Before it's like, I, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, I can't get it up if you're looking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think porn stars have that problem. Show so much. Certainly I know doesn't about, seem like yeah, it. Show so much I know about porn. Um, okay, so I got an interesting one here. This this is a feel good story. This is not really. Um, <laughs> So this is from Kate Shellnut. Uh, Shellnut, that's funny. Shellnut, uh, November twenty second, two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Christianity Today. Okay. Now, listen. I I don't know if you're aware of this, <laughs> but it's official. It is official. Okay. Evangelicals appreciate Chick Fil A the most. <laughs> it's official. It's it, official. It's official. Okay. You could say Chick-fil-A is one of those fast food restaurants with a cult following. That's funny. Well, we live in Canada, so I've never been to Chick-fil-A. Neither have I. I would like to go there and like, I'd like to, no, I wouldn't give them money though. That's the thing is I'd want to buy the sandwich, like take the sandwich and do something to it. (laughs) (laughs) But, (laughs) but I wouldn't want to give them money. Yeah. I wouldn't give them money. Right. People, for people who don't know, Chick-fil-A is a, is owned by a bunch of crazy right wing religion nuts. And it's always, it's closed on Sundays and they give all their, they give a whole bunch of charity money to like uh, defund Planned Parenthood and to, um, put, push forward a hyper right wing Christian theocratic agenda. So cult following. But in this case, 
the closed on Sunday chicken sandwich chain clearly has a church following, mm-hmm. not a cult following. Evangelicals and fellow Christians have the most positive view of the Chick-fil-A brand. The fucking duh. Yeah. No kidding. I didn't fucking see that coming. And why are they open? Why are they closed on Sunday instead of Saturday? Um, I don't know. Saturday's the day of rest. Saturday's yeah. the Sabbath. Right. Why are they closed on Sunday? Don't argue with Jesus. They're working on the Sabbath. Don't argue with Jesus. They need to be stoned to death. That's right. Um, in a breakout poll provided by Christianity Today. <laughs> um, Let's see. I wonder who they've polled. 62% of evangelicals consider Chick-fil-A to have a positive image on their community compared to 48% of Americans on average. Despite all the 2012, so we're going back a while, 2012 boycotts spurred by Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, COO, Dan, uh, Kathy's opposition to same-sex marriage. Fuck you, it's the law of the land now in the U.S., you asshole. Um, The Christian-owned company outperformed fellow fast food restaurants uh, in a morning consult poll. (laughs) Now, and here's where it all makes sense. This was particularly true in the South. (laughs) Home of the majority of its 2,200 locations. Yeah. So here's a shock. In the southern United States, they are less open-minded than in the rest of the country. Dean, I had no fucking idea this would be the case. (laughs) Come on. Surprising, isn't it? Um, I never even saw Chick-fil-A when I was in New York. No? No, I like... Maybe I just wasn't like I wasn't a, it wasn't a thing at the time, but I, just, I, don't I didn't know. even notice one. I don't know. I remember Shannon and I drove past one in Cleveland when we went to go see an Indians game mm-hmm. this past summer. That's the closest I've ever been to one. Yeah. Um, it was a Sunday, so of course it was closed. <laughs> okay. So, but the researchers. Um, the researchers believe, this is a funny thing, the researchers believe, (laughs) I don't know about the evidence, but the researchers believe um, that the chain had higher quality food, better customer service, and happier employees than similar fast food restaurants. I'm going to say that again. The researchers (laughs) believe, not... The evidence shows the research. And of course, the poll conducted by Christianity Today. Yeah. So there's no bias there. Not at all. None. (laughs) How'd you like that Southern accent? (laughs) That was very good. Well placed. Um, But uh, yeah, so I mean, if, if, yeah, Chick-fil-A, I I remember they were in the news because of the tweet from the COO, CEO, COO, whatever it is. Um, about the same-sex marriage deal, and it's just like, yeah, you you can go away now. Yeah, fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck your hat. But in the South, they like the Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And apparently, from people that I've spoken to, apparently, oh, you know what's really funny? So another last little Chick-fil-A thing. When the Ock-Pac opened (laughs) uh, this year, um, Kent Hovind was there. Yeah. Well, no, Eric, not Kent. Okay, yeah. Eric Hovind was there. And apparently him and a bunch of other people 
went to Chick-fil-A and bought all kinds of chicken sandwiches to bring them back to hand out to people. <laughs> knowing that all the atheists there wouldn't go fucking anywhere near them. Yeah. And they was like, oh, it's just a chicken, it's just a good chicken sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Why don't they, they, they should have a Chick-fil-A in the place. That would be good. Right? That would be good. Well, animals are going to get hungry. Right. There's, there's two of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How many sandwiches could they eat? <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder how Mr. I Have a Book yeah. would like that. All right, so let's get to our, because we're at an hour and 12 minutes. Uh, so let's get to our last uh, news story. What the fuck time is it? Oh, Jesus. I got to get up in no hours. <sighs> so this is from the journal Science. Okay. All right. Uh, Jonathan Pierce. Pierce. Broad. <laughs> What's well, called the journal? The It's from the journal called Science. It yeah. just says published in the journal Science. Hey, fuck off. I'm just saying, read my story. science is a very large topic. But this is called the published in the journal, comma, space, science. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying. Go ahead. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> Galapagos finches caught in the act of becoming a new species. <laughs> caught in the act, eh? So it's funny because, um, so the reason I liked this article is because you know how um, guys like Banana Man... Right. Yeah, we'll say, oh, you know, it's you know, what did it become? What did it become? So, and we'll, we'll so we'll talk about speciation here in a second. But yeah. it's interesting. Well, this is the, the these are the classic uh, Darwin finches. I mean, yep. from the Galapagos, he's the one who. Yep. That, they're the ones who told him that species differ. Yep. Certain science deniers, um, like a few seen uh, on these pages from uh, before, um, find this story interesting. Uh, this has been reported widely. Um, and this is, this is part of an excerpt from the BBC. A population of finches on the, Gala, on the Galapagos has been discovered in the process of becoming a new species. This is the first example of speciations that scientists have been able to observe directly in the field. Mm-hmm. Researchers followed the entire population of finches on a tiny Galapagos island called Daphne Major for many years. So they were able to watch this speciation in progress. The group, um, the group of finch species... Um, to which the to which the big bird population belongs are now um, are collectively known as Darwin's finches and helped Charles Darwin to uncover the process of evolution by natural selection. In 1981, the researchers noticed um, the arrival of a male, uh, the arrival of a male of a non-native species, the large cactus finch. Professors Rosemary and Peter Grant noticed that this male proceeded to mate with a female of one of the local species, a medium ground finch, producing fertile young. Almost 40 years later, the progeny of that original mating are still being observed. The number, the number ranks to be of around 30 individuals. This is an extreme case of something uh, we're coming to realize more and more generally over the years. Evolution in general can happen very quickly, said Professor, Professor Roger uh, Butlin, a speciation expert who wasn't involved in the study. Um, so then they say here, they say, it's important to note here what makes a species. And you've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, this new finch population is sufficiently different in form and habits to the native birds as to be marked out as a new species, 
the in, um, the in, uh, and individuals from a different populations who cannot and do not even attempt to interbreed. Correct. It's not a different kind. <laughs> it's a different species. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. So here, it's, it's almost like a hiccup forward. Yeah. Right? Because to see something like that in only 40 years. Well, the, the, yeah, the, 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 they're saying it can jump forward, right? Yeah. It's, it, evolution every once in a while does, like, jump. Um, hey, mutants, X-Men. Exactly. Right? I want to be an X-Men. Um, but, uh, like, they, they, they have the same thing with these lizards that live around California. Um, they go up and around, like, a horseshoe pattern, right? And each one next, each population of lizard can interbreed with the one next to it. But if you go all the way around... The one on this side cannot interbreed with the one on this side. Right. Right? So so it's like you got the two ends of the horseshoe that can't breed. Right. But as you go around, each one next to each other can. Right. Because it's not it's not different enough. So they're different species. Those mm-hmm. those two on the other on either end of the horseshoe are different species. That that's that's what speciation is. Right. I mean, this, these lizards moved from one end of the horseshoe to the other, and as they did, because the environment changed, they changed. Right. And they change to such a, such a degree where they cannot interbreed. Yeah. And apparently there's horseshoes in the Galapagos, <laughs> too. There you go. Well, I, they're saying like a, a, a different species of finch arrived. Right. And was able to mate with the finches that lived there. And like, and in, our talk, and like in our talk before, it was a male finch, and males <laughs> are always horny. So they had sex, and away we go. <laughs> This is not that difficult. Yeah, it's not so that difficult it's, to understand. It's 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 great that they were able to see it in in uh, in the field. But the thing is that uh, these apologists and stuff will just say, "Oh, it's it's microevolution. It's it's the same. There is no micro and macro. Yeah. The only difference is time." Yeah. Is it still a bird? Because uh, you know, I it's have not a, a crocodile. Crocodile. <laughs> That's right. Or bullfrog. Fuck, man. I, yeah. I'm not a violent it's person. Not the way it works. But I want to take. The way it works I want to take Kirk Cameron, and I want to give him shaken adult syndrome. Yeah, but I'm th- like, there's even some people that call into uh, the atheist, atheist experience, and they're saying like, why are some people more evolved than other? Basically, saying they were asking why are white people more evolved than black people? What? That's what they were saying without saying it. You wow. could tell though, right? Um, and, That's crazy. And it's like, no. No, no. Everything is not... Nothing is more evolved than anything else. We are not more Unreal. evolved than a tree. We are not more evolved than anything that is alive on the... Pl- we are not more evolved than a trilobite. Yeah. We are all at the same level of evolution. They have... Like, trilobites have been around for millions of years because they're in the same environment. They're invi- they, they have no selection pressure to change them into something else. Yeah. We have had a lot of selection pressure on us to change us from chimpanzees into humans. Yep. I have a trilobite fossil downstairs. Exactly. And they, they, they're basically the same today as they were yeah. 250 million years ago. Mine's three, 300. They, they said it's 325. The Whatever it yeah. is. There's, there's, there's been very little selection pressure on them to change. Whereas something that has changed a great deal right. from the same time period has had a lot of selection pressure on it. Like dinosaurs that have turned into birds. Right. A lot of selection pressure there. Selection uh, pressure there. But we are all on the same level of evolution. Right. Humans and any other living thing on the planet. Same level. Preach it, brother. Oh, well, that does it for news. So, and we're at an hour and 20, which I think is pretty decent. 
Yeah, it's, it's about normal for now. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited that our new listeners. And um, yeah, so um, for anybody listening to us, you can always uh, send us an email to c8rogers.com. Reach out to us on Twitter uh, at uh, the underscore ca underscore podcast uh, with comments, uh, suggestions, show ideas, or how much you hate Dean's voice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we'll be happy to talk about that. Totally understandable. Yeah. I don't like the sound of my own voice. Yeah, there you go. And uh, yeah, but uh, I think that's pretty good for now. So until next week, I have been Michael. I have been Dean. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been The CA. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please drop by the iTunes store and give us a review and subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they release. Just a reminder, the views expressed on this broadcast are solely those of the hosts and are for entertainment purposes only. Never take advice from two guys expressing an opinion on a podcast. That's just silly. See you back here soon.